Big Red Revival. Welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Goldenstein, and with me as usual is QB1, Zach Raby. Zach, how are we doing? Self-inflicted Michael Jordan sick game right here. Um, <laughs> it was the first, first of many late nights sitting outside in the nice, cool weather, talking about Nebraska football like a hopeless fan that I am, but um, we're going we're gonna to get through it. I think we're starting about three hours later than we planned because of me, but... We're going to get through it. We've all been yep. there. So, But, uh, yeah, let me be the first to uh, welcome everybody to – it's officially game week. Here, recording here this uh, su- Sunday morning. Well, it's Sunday afternoon now, but uh, it's finally here. Um, you know, after months of waiting, months of talking and, you know, projecting and, uh, you know, debating and putting lists together as a top ten this and all, all that crap, there's none more of that to do. It's now time to break down an opponent. It's time to talk about actual football and get prepared for actual college football next Saturday. Because if this Saturday you wake up and college game day is on, and then it's uh, time to jump on that good old journey of balls in Saturday and Sunday. So it's finally here, Zach. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most uh, about uh, college football just getting going in general? Um, you know, I'll get sick of it by the end of the year, but ESPN college game day, turning that on on Saturday morning is always good. And then breakfast casserole. I always, I always couple those together, um, for the fall and for college football Saturdays. And I, that just, those are the two things that stick out first and foremost for me. How about you? Yeah, no, um, you're spot on on game game day. Um, it's some people are trying to move over to the Fox big, big noon show or whatever the fuck it's called, but I'm a game day guy, um, and it, it really just sets the tempo for the whole day. Um, and I, I hope that's something that never changes, you know, in this ever-changing landscape of college football. College game day is as good as it gets for television. I mean, that, between that and the – I know the uh, – what the inside the NBA TNT show with Barkley and Shaq and those guys are like <laughs> – those are like the two highest-rated sports shows and winning Emmys and shit. But, um, yes, college game day for me is as good as it gets. Um, just really – Sets the tempo for the day and gets you fired up. Um, it is a little long. I think it could be cut down to two hours. Three hours isn't quite necessary. They're kind of just, you know, plugging shit in there to eat time up. So, but uh, oh, they got to deal with they got to deal with Lee Corso and his stumbling ass. Oh, too. So they, you know, they just keep I, cutting I, his time down more and more. You know, I I was I was shocked that he was on again this year because yeah. it seemed like he was getting phased out pretty quick last year. But correct. I wonder uh, if it's even more now. You know, it's like he's up there just <laughs> rumbling and bumbling, just uh 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 Sooners. He was. <laughs> He was best in his pool house that one year when they had COVID year. Yep. They should just keep his ass <laughs> he there. Just, just keep his ass there. They had a, a smoker inside the in the pool house, which made no sense. You can't have those things inside, but that's just dangerous. Yep. Yep. So, but no, Spoken yep. It's mouth. officially game week. Uh, we are six days out from Nebraska's kickoff against Northwestern and Dublin, Dublin, Ireland. And uh, as we mentioned last week, our last show, um, I am making that trip out to Dublin. Leaving Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon and hopefully getting there in a timely fashion. Um, you know, there's this Facebook group uh, somebody started for uh, everybody going to going to the game. And 
Um, as most people have heard about the, you know, the international travel and travel in general, it's been kind of a headache. But uh, so far, uh, no complaints. Everybody's been kind of getting through customs good and no no travel complaints. So um, I'm looking forward to getting out there, drinking some Guinness, throwing back a bunch of Jamesons as I start the show off right with a good Jameson and ginger uh, already. So just kind of trying to get to get my mind right, get uh, mentally prepared for it out there. Um, you know, I'm taking a trip out there with my old man, you know, my old man taking a trip across the pond. So, um, you know, just quick little three day trip, uh, you know, pregnant wife at home. So, you know, gotta, gotta get in and get out. So, uh, but super pumped to go over there for the game. Um, weather wise, it's looking like, um, it's looking like football weather, um, mid sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a slight chance of rain on Saturday for the game. Apparently it rains every day over there. So. Uh, don't be surprised if that happens. Uh, local time kickoffs 5.30, 11.30 here. So, um, you know, in my kind of just – I was listening to – had some podcasts on in the background yesterday. I'm cleaning up the house and um, was doing a little research. Apparently the the stadium, you know, I didn't really know much about it. Um, I thought it was a soccer stadium. That is incorrect apparently. Apparently it was a rugby stadium and is the oldest <clears throat> professional sports stadium in Europe. So it's uh it's apparently uh, pretty pretty big. So it's no different than Northwestern's actual stadium. Uh yeah, I, I think the grass is a little <laughs> bit shorter. Uh, I don't think. They oh have yeah. To- <laughs> How could it not be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's I think the grass is mowed down a little bit better. So I'm excited. Uh, it looks like a good stadium. You know, I've kind of uh, did a little virtual tour of it or whatever. Um, got my tickets down in the end zone. There's like a op- there's one like open end zone where it's just a couple rows in the end zone, and then it's like a big uh, window or whatever. I'm on the opposite side of that and then zone third row. Um, so per- pretty pumped for that, you know, especially if you didn't uh, get ripped off and buy those tickets through the school where they were charging you fucking an arm and a leg. You got the tickets for $70. So Wow, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. So the school was charging a couple hundred bucks to sit here and there, and it's like, <clears throat> yeah. Or, or, you know, in this Facebook group, there's people like, oh, sorry, I'm not able to make the trip. I've got tickets for sale. They're in section 504. Um, I paid two seventy. You know, I'm like, you paid. First of all, <laughs> first of all, you played yourself. One hundred percent, you played yourself. Second of all, you, <laughs> you're flying across basically the world, and you're gonna fucking buy a ticket to sit up top. Like, c- brother, just spend the extra hundred dollars and bring yourself down to the lower bowl, man. Come on, man. You, I won't even sit up top at can- in Kansas City for a rule. I have game. I have a rule. If I get on a plane, like I'm sitting, I'm sitting lower bowl in a good seat. And some people, yeah. Not to mention, it's not like tickets are not plentiful. I mean, it's not going to sell out. It's a, I think it said fifty one thousand. You know, and I think there's probably specking twenty five to thirty. So there's plenty of seats. Like I'm just kind of astonished that people, you know, traveling from Nebraska to Ireland to sit fucking up in the rafters. Incredible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so um, no, not for me. Yeah, you played yourself. So <laughs> uh, any other news uh, happening since last time we left off, Zach? I uh, I had a son. You had a son. I welcomed my son into the world. John Easton. John um, Easton came in. Came in strong. Came in good. He, everything. Everything went perfect. Uh, he's healthy. Mom's healthy, and he's sleeping well. So, um, very very thankful for that, and excited to uh, to show him the first Husker experience here in a week. So right. Have we uh, put pen to paper on a letter of intent yet, or are we holding off on that? 
we're going to drop a top 10, um, probably after he turns one year old, okay. um, yep. you know, you know how it goes, you know, yep. we'll probably drop one school a year until it comes down to, to crunch time, but, um, okay. Okay. Nebraska will be on there probably. All right, then. Uh, we'll I like see, the We'll see how the season goes. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this week leading into uh game week, there's the, you know, there's two, two hot topics that, uh, happen here in Husker world. Uh, you know, the first one being, um, the coldest Crawford's, NIL commercial for SOS heating and cooling. Uh, we had talked about it last episode um, that he had signed with them. And then that the uh, commercial dropped in even better than expected. I mean, it that's a classic. That is an absolute classic and exactly what NIL uh, was made for. Zach, what did you think of the, uh, the commercial? I couldn't believe how like viral it went. Yeah. I mean, it was everywhere. everywhere. I, I mean, you, t- you turn on ESPN and Stephen A. Smith is talking about it. Like, it just it completely exploded, which is awesome. But what's not awesome is shortly after it was uh, released, um, our boy went down, and he's probably out for the year. Yep, uh, um, but ACL tear. You know what? He I think he won over the hearts of everyone here and everywhere else, and he, um, he's very well known now. Um, yeah. And it, it'll be exciting to see him come back. But it's unfortunate that you know he had to go down. But you know, really, you know, rare positive publicity for this program because it's right. either bad or confusing yeah. the, the publicity we get here. And so this was actually a positive thing, but really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, he basically accomplished every 18 and 19 year old, 20 year old's dream. I mean, he went viral. I mean, isn't that so what all only kids want to do these days? They don't want to, you know, get famous or uh, make a bunch of money. Like they want to go viral. Going viral is the new now, like, uh, I don't know, top dream for kids kids these days. So he definitely did that. I think they said he's got like 100 million views of the commercial or the video or whatever. So shout out to SOS Heating and Cooling. I mean, you know, you put the guy on and you definitely are going to get some uh, ROI on that uh, on that investment. So, <laughs> uh, so shout out to them. Um, the second one, and, you know, as you said, uh, things are usually on the negative side of things. Uh, the Dublin Times uh, – sports editor or I don't I don't know who the hell he is the Dublin Times released an article you know welcoming Nebraska to Ireland um, they had a lot of great things to say about Nebraska and you know welcoming the Nebraska fans to uh, to, to Dublin um, and actually none of that is true they uh, wrote an article basically uh, calling Nebraska the most notorious program and college football and decided to bring up um, every bad instance that Nebraska ever had. I mean, they're digging down to, you know, 1995. They're, you know, digging down to our, uh, I don't know, what what is Ron Brown's even job here? Just, you know, being the guy, you know, you know, just <laughs> bringing faster. up, yeah, being up, bringing up Ron Brown's, you know, political or religious beliefs, excuse me, not political, religious beliefs. Um, uh, Scott Frost's in- incident with Lawrence Phillips in 1994. Um, I mean, just, just everything you could just, just really digging deep just for no reason, um, to take a shot at Nebraska. Like, you know, you expect things like this from like an Iowa guy or, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, there's, you know, you know, fuck you guys. We hate you and you hate us. Perfect. This is just kind of a shot, you know, a, kind of stray, you know, like as a kid, yeah. say, kind of stray one, all of a sudden the, some dude from Dublin taking shots at, uh, the program and frost and everybody. And what did, what was your uh, thoughts on that article? 
you said that you don't know who this guy is. And I can tell you what he's not. And that's a football guy. Nope. He he clearly did not know what he was talking about football wise. And yeah, like you said, he's just taking these random shots here and there like Ron Brown. I mean, <laughs> when was the last time you heard somebody take a shot at him? Right. And then, I mean, it's just, you know, he left the, the low hanging fruit out there and we don't even have to talk about that. But I mean, there's a lot of other things going on in this program he could have brought up. And he goes back to like... <laughs> 95 and then goes back to Maurice Washington where I mean I yeah. thought he was still missing yeah. uh, to be honest but and no he's uh I don't know it was it was just really random and just like just unnecessary just unnecessary un- unnecessary for sure and it's like you're, you're you're coming at Nebraska like we're the like this dirty program and I mean, right? Have you we seen are other as clean as it gets? Yeah, exactly. yeah, we are as clean as it gets as a program. Had to go you know? dig all the way down to 1995 and they, in they our bring, fifth string of yeah, coach. They, they bring up Frost suspension, which is like five days because he let a non-coach coach the team. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand what we're doing here, but that that was just a bad take overall. And like, I know that he's probably just looking for clicks, and he yeah. got him, but. Yeah, it's just it's a bad look for him, and I I don't really understand why that was warranted. Yeah, you know, I've I've done a little bit of traveling in my time. This would be uh, my thirteenth country visited, um, and the one thing that kind of shocked me in my worldly travels is that people fucking hate Americans. You know? <laughs> fucking other countries are not very fond of us in general, and which uh, I've I found really odd in my beginning of travels of just like you know we, you kind of think of. I don't know, at least I do kind of think of USA all the way, you know, like everybody, you know, is always in our business, wanting to know what we're doing. We kind of set the trends for everybody. And yeah, other countries uh, really aren't, really aren't vibing with <laughs> what we're putting down usually. So uh, not, not shocking that uh, somebody wants to take a shot at us, but just kind of odd that, uh, you know, I mean, like what, what are they going to do? You know, Notre Dame and uh, Navy play there next year. Are they going to talk about Notre Dame's religious beliefs? What do you think? What do you think they're different than Ron Brown? I mean, you can take, you can take that one a mile too. Yeah, you want uh, the the Navy? You know, don't ask, don't tell. You know, are they going to dig into that? I mean, is that you know, it's fucking just just ridiculous. Like, come on, man. You know, you don't invite somebody to your house and then just insult them right away. So, um, fuck that guy. But uh, we're moving forward onto the actual football things. Um, this week we had. Finally, I think we all knew, but Casey Thompson was named starter uh, above Chubba Purdy, which by all accounts has had a good camp uh, and is looking Mm -hmm. pretty good. And uh, leaves you to believe we got a good, strong backup. And then we also had our captains named. Um, So what shocked you as far as captain-wise? What were you looking at? What did you think of the four captains that were named? Three of them were defensive players, which was kind of different than what you normally see. Can you run through those real quick, the captains? Yeah. Uh, Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, um, Volkolek was the title. Volkolek, and then uh, oh, and the uh, Heinrich. Nope. Uh, oh no, Heinrich. Yeah, yeah. Nick Henry. Yep. From Burke. Yep. So, um, I mean, typically you see two offense, two defense, and you know, as you know, kind of a biased. I I like to see a quarterback as right. a captain. I was going to ask you, what do you what do you think about uh, Casey Thompson not being being a uh, captain as far as I don't being a quarterback. He, I don't want to. I think I don't think he has the buy-in from the the locker room yet because you know the the, the message from coaches throughout camp and with the, with the media was always that Casey Thompson was was the guy and he was you know going to earn the job. But 
from the players' perspective, it seemed like they were more bought in on Chuba. Yeah, that seems like Chuba is more the uh, the big locker room guy. So, um, and I think they're way. just trying to keep everything in place with with Naaman Casey and trying to kind of take a united front and give him his shot. Um, and you know, that's one thing where Frost has been kind of lacking as a head coach is he he doesn't always communicate things well, <laughs> as we know. Um, <laughs> Correct and. I think that it's it, it does a lot for a starting quarterback if you give him the job a right. week in advance and it should just almost be him default, the man, you know, just almost yeah. Default. So I think I mean I think that that that's important, but I I like to see you know the even in the, the show Friday Night Lights, you know, it's automatic that the starting quarterback has the captain job. Correct. It, you know, he should be the one going out, you know, at midfield and doing doing all the things and you know making the calls for the team, but right. It is what it is, and you know the defense kind of held us held us together last year, and so you know with with three defensive players being named captains, I think it makes sense, um, and hopefully you know that they'll they'll hold up their end of the end of the bargain. But Volkolek yeah. makes sense too. He's he's a he's a veteran guy and went to media days and everything, and he knows what he's doing. So right, um, and you know the other thing I saw was you know two Nebraska born and bred guys, uh, yep. and Rick and uh, and Garrett Nelson. So you, you like to see that. Um, yeah, the quarterback, you'd like to see him on there. But, um, you know, we especially kind of going from uh, kind of a real real team ultimate leader from, as Martinez, you know, say what you will about him. But I think I think everybody on the team, um, you know, liked him and, you know, respected it, respected yep. him. That's that's it's not a like thing. Excuse me. It's not a like thing. It's a respect. You don't have to like somebody respect them. And I think that was unequivocally uh, Adrian Martinez, uh, you know, obviously going out there playing hurt and. Doing, doing the things he's been doing, you know, for four years in the program. So, um, but, you know, it is what it is. So we're, you know, those are the captains. Casey Thompson's riding week one. Um, but you know, I, I think just all the things I'm hearing out of uh, at camp is about this uh, quarterback locker room, um, the quarterback room, um, and about how strong it is. Obviously, we just talked about Chubb Purdy, and we're hearing good things about um, Torres, um, the true freshman which I'm assuming he's going to redshirt, but by all accounts, um, he's got the best, uh, best strong and strongest arm on the team, um, and kind of he more looks the part. He's a six foot five, two hundred twenty five pound guy. So like your prototypical NFL quarterback. Um, and then you got Heiner Carberg still in there, and then um, <laughs> um, what's his name from um, what's the other guy's name? Smothers, uh, Logan Smothers, who you know started mm-hmm. a game for us last year, which we know should have won that game too. Should have won the game. Um, so I don't know. I feel like we've got a pretty deep quarterback room, and I think we all agree. I mean, when's the last time that Nebraska just started one quarterback in the season? Yeah, and we we don't have like a Riker Fife waiting to to step into a game. I mean, Jesus. we we have like a guy that came from Florida State as our backup. We have a guy who started against Iowa and should have won the game as right. a third guy, and then we have Harburg who. When he throws the ball, he looks like he's an NFL prospect. I right. mean, the guy's got a cannon for an arm. And yeah. Torres looks like, you know, a, a guy that could, you know, take over eventually. So, yeah, yeah like you said, I mean, the, you know, the names keep coming. And and then you hate to bring yeah, okay. up when you, master. Start, when you start naming a bunch of people you like in a room, you know, the next step is usually uh, portal time. So, yeah, uh, but master even like he's never going to play. Right. But he's been there so long, he and he's old enough to to be almost like a coach in the room. Correct. Yep. So he knows exactly what Frost is looking for, what he wants out of his guys. So he's that wily veteran in the room. So 
Um, but, you know, kind of bringing up the uh, Adrian Martinez and, you know, the quarterback we had last year and obviously the previous four years with him here, uh, with him transferring down to Kansas State, um, you know, I just – obviously I'm going to be following Kansas State very closely. I've been hearing some national guys talk about Kansas State potentially being a dark horse to win the Big uh, win the Big 12. Um, and, you know, all the things we're talking about, uh, they were mentioning, none of them were Adrian Martinez. Um, you know, they're running back um, Deuce – I forget Deuce, whatever Deuce, just he's a one-name mm-hmm. guy, Deuce, and then they've got some defensive ends going to project to be a first-round pick, and so um, Kansas State's you know kind of projected to do well, and you know kind of breakups. There's usually uh, you know a winner and a loser in, in all breakups. Um, you know someone, and you know your boyfriend girlfriend relationships or husband wife. You know it's usually you know, somebody starts traveling the world and somebody picks up a drug habit, you know, like <laughs> there's usually definitive winners and losers of, uh, of breakups. So how are you going to be looking at this uh, breakup between uh, Frost and Adrian Martinez? Is it going to be just straight, we won eight and they won nine? Or what are you looking at for uh, for this uh, breakup here? Um, I, I, I think that Martinez is coming out on top so far because um, <laughs> yep. he goes to a great run game and goes to a good coach that's got a stable program there in K-State. And they're kind of a dark horse to win the Big 12, Big 12 right now. Right. Um, Oklahoma's got a lot of, you know, interchangeable things going on, much like Nebraska. And then Texas, you know, they, they always want to say Texas is back, but are they? We don't know. Never. Um no, they're probably never going to be back, and there's no excuse for it. Um, and then Oklahoma State's another team in the Big Twelve that you know could could shock some people, but yep. Kansas State's kind of that 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 dark horse in the Big Twelve. And you know, if he just if he minimizes his mistakes and just relies on his dude as Deuce, as we've we've labeled him, um, you know, I think I think he'll be just fine. And then you know, Frost is, you know. I mean, he's still got his uh, uh, main weapon, Cade Warner, down there, right? <laughs> Cade Warner and uh, didn't what's his, or another guy go down there with him? Yeah, who there was another guy. But... Uh, he was his roommate. Um, it was a defensive guy, I think. I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, they're probably not going to be as good as us. And and whatever. But and then Frost, you know, he's kind of taking. I don't know if he's been told to take this route, but he's taken the safe route by kind of handing things over to Whipple and Mickey Joseph, you know, running the offense and right. Frost being more of a team manager where he doesn't have as much of a stake as he did with Martinez. You know, he was kind of using Martinez as that fall guy. <laughs> and, and now, I mean, he's kind of the only fall guy that we have right. at, in the program. <laughs> so I'm just I don't know. We're going to get to the, get to the answer to the question of, you know, for yeah. four years, we're, you know, is it Frost or is it Martinez that's, you know, yeah. causing these? I mean, obviously and there's been play calling issues. There's been situational football issues. There's been the special teams issue, which all and penalties that's all on the, on the coach. Then there's been the late game situations and turnovers, which is on Adrian and then just those two storms combined has, you know, fucking left yeah. us had a nine or a three and nine record and, you know, 11 wins over the last three seasons. So um, I think we're just going to get hopefully get a definitive answer of, you know, who who was the problem or maybe or maybe it was just, you know, them together, you know. So, you know, yeah. like that, just good people just uh, just ain't meant to be together, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just seeing, like I said, I'll be tuning in to all the Kansas State games and definitely I will have my I'm a big, big Adrian Martinez guy. Like I, I have a lot of respect for that guy and definitely will be uh, following him and rooting for him. And you know what? I, 
I think um, I think Adrian's going to have a fucking great season this year. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and you look at his girlfriend too. You see why back to Kansas State. <laughs> We've all done stupider things. Where I mean, we're both married Kansas men. State for a woman. I mean, we all done some things. We're both living. married men, but th- yes. she's a good looking girl. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she's a. I believe she the kids say a, a smoke show. <laughs> yes, yes. So she is labeled as that as well. We correct. got Deuce and we got Smoke Show down there. Correct. So yeah, hopefully her soccer career takes off too. <laughs> for whatever she's doing. Um, but, uh, okay, moving on to, um, the actual season. Um, obviously there was a lot of things Nebraska had issues with last year. Um, and that we probably feel better about this year, but what are, what's one thing that you think Nebraska can be definitely better at this season? And what's one thing you're thinking Nebraska can be worse at this season? Uh, better, I think game management, because we, we loaded our coaching staff with professionals. Um, I think that. It, it, you know, when it comes down to the times like last year when we had a lead and you, and we got that feeling where something bad happened, it's like, we're going to lose this game now. Right. I feel like the professionals in the room will kind of take over at this point and be like, Hey, we need to just chill. We need to like figure it out and, um, find a way to come out with a W here. Um, what we're going to be worse at, I think is going to be. I don't know. I'm kind of nitpicking here, but I think we're going to take a little bit of a step back on defense just because we have a lot of new faces coming in. Um, but I think we're going to be fine defensively like by the, by mid year. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think just our defense held us in so many games last, last year. And then ultimately we ended up failing. I think we're going to see a little step back, you know, first half of the year on defense, but we're going to figure it out um, when it's all said and done. So, yeah, you know, the defensive thing is obviously uh, defense was our main, our, our main uh, thing last year. That was the best thing we had was our defense was kept keeping us in games. Um, and I actually think our defense is going to be improved because what, you know, the number one thing that's usually when a team has a good defense, the number one thing that they have is what a good pass rush, a good pass rush. Oh. <laughs> and as the, all the things that Nebraska, like I said, we had a great defense. We didn't have a good pass rush. We didn't have an elite pass rush. We didn't have a decent pass rush, right? I mean, it was just mediocre at best. And now I think with uh, Oshawn Mathis and then Garrett Nelson taking the next step, and then you're backing him up with T- Caleb Tanner, a four-year playing starter guy. And then behind that, you got Jabari Butler and my guy that I've been waiting to have his Blaze Gunnarsson. season, Blaze Gunnarsson. I mean, you've got to feel pretty pretty – good about your defensive end or edge rushers. I know that's kind of uh, – coach has been a little worried about the depth along the defensive line, which I think we're going to see a lot of uh, 4-3 um, defenses instead of the 3-4 just because of depth issues. But um, I know I've been hearing it thrown around every other podcast, but um, <clears throat> about the New York Giants back uh, back in the Michael Strahan days, they had the, the NASCAR package you know, where they played their four defensive ends on, you know, third and longs. I think we could see a lot of that. Um, so I think our defense can be improved because, like I said, the number one thing when somebody has good defense, it usually starts with a pass rush. And last year we didn't have that. So I, I like our defense to get better. Um, I like our corners. You know, I think Quentin Newsom's going to be the breakout star of this year, um, even even ahead of, like, Garrett Nelson or O'Shawn Mathis. Uh, I think Quentin Newsom's going to be an all – all Big Ten guy, so um, I love their size. Tommy Hill too. 
Yeah, yeah. So I like our I like our corners. I like our DBs. Obviously, we return both of our middle linebackers. People are really high on our middle linebackers. I think they're both good. I just think they're kind of the same person. You know, they're both kind of uh, um, not the best side to sideline guys, but just very instinctful. Um, Reimer's more of a kind of a a rocket launcher. You know, just kind of downhill guy. Um, and Heinrich is more of a, a, a technician. So um, basically they're both a little undersized, I think, you know, so kind of, and, you know, when it comes to November, the big 10 run game, uh, especially when you get to going against Wisconsin and Iowa's and Michigan's, um, you know, our last month of the season, um, you know, it's, it would be helpful to have a, you know, a little bit bigger, bulkier, you know, a guy there in the middle, but <laughs> like both of them, you know, Ty Robinson, we need him to keep progressing. I think we all like Ty Robinson. So, um, and then I'm looking at the polar bear there on defense to, uh, to, uh, you know, step up. I mean, the guy was the national champion, heavyweight wrestler, never lost. So, I mean, that's, that's exactly what you want down there in the trenches. So, and then you got that Newsome, right? Yeah. Quentin Newsome. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that I think we'll be better at is just pocket presence. Um, you know, with the offensive line that we all think offensive line is going to be our biggest issue. Um, again, I think we, maybe there, you know, a lot of people point out, well, you know, Martinez helped him out because he was able to scramble. And on the other side of that is maybe Casey Thompson helps him out because they know he's not going to be leaving the pocket right away. You know, he doesn't have the quick panic button. He does. Exactly. Like uh, Martinez is hitting that eject button immediately. And, you know, <laughs> so, um, the one thing that people have talked about and I've seen in, the little bit I've seen Casey Thompson, he has a good pocket presence. Like he's going to climb up in the pocket and be able to maneuver around. So, you know, I, I mean, you could probably speak to a little bit more, but uh, you know, just your quarterback, knowing where your quarterback's going to be. Yeah. Sometimes it helps if he has legs to when a play breaks down, you can move outside the pocket and make a play, but you know, as offensive linemen, maybe they're looking for, Hey, I want to know where you're at. You know, you're not just bailing right away. You're going to stay in the pocket and try to make a play. What, what are your thoughts on that? It, it, I mean, it really comes down to toughness because you got to be. You look back at like a guy like Zach Taylor; he'd stand in the pocket and take a hit, and right. he wouldn't worry about it because he'd 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 know and understand the timing he has based on what he sees initially from a pass rush. And when he stands in there and he sees a little bit of pressure, he knows he's got to get the ball out quick. If he's is standing back there and you know it's more of like a drop back defense type of look. He, he can stand back there a little bit longer. And so I, I, it just, it comes with experience and Casey Thompson has it. Um, and I think that, you know, when you develop habits like Martinez did, when he didn't really fully trust his offensive line all the time, um, you know, you get, you, you build habits to where you take off quicker. And so it, it comes with trust and it comes with experience and it comes with, you know, just understanding the situation. And Casey Thompson seems like he's he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. Um, but, you know, I don't think he has quite the athletic ability that Martinez had. No, he doesn't at all. And not athletic-wise, no. Adrian's clearly a better athlete. But uh, like I said, you maybe want our two best quarterbacks in the last, what, 20 years or whatever, uh, you know, Zach Zach Taylor and uh, – and, um, uh, Joe Gans, too. Those are two pocket guys, you know, and those are the guys that, uh, 
you know, are, I don't know if they're best. Zach Taylor clearly is the best one. Um, and Joe Gans obviously had a hell of a hell of a run here. He just, so he was a numby guy. He was a big numby guy. <laughs> so he could put up the numbies. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. He threw for seven seven fifty on Kansas or somebody. <laughs> yeah. Penn State or somebody. Texas Tech. <laughs> so. Um, so schedule-wise, obviously, we've got uh, a little bit easier schedule this year. Um, last year, we we had um, in our non-divisional games, you know, so like you're obviously your crossovers um, change each year and then your non-conference uh, change, uh, obviously, each year. Last year, we had four top 10 teams. Out of the six possible games, we had four top 10 teams. So Oklahoma, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. So – um, so in our four possible, four out of six possible new opponents, we had four top ten teams last year. Um, so obviously this schedule this year breaks down a little bit easier. Um, we we have only one top ten team, that's Oklahoma, and then only two ranked teams in total. I mean, Iowa's not ranked this year, um, and I or Wisconsin's on the back end. I think they're uh, number eighteen or 18th. something. Michigan is eight. Sorry, and there's Michigan. Yep, excuse me. Um, and Wisconsin's got a lot of quarterback uh, issues still. Um, they thought they found their answer, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they still got a good offensive line and a fucking hell of a running back. I mean, obviously, we saw as a true freshman him get pretty loose on us last year. So, schedule-wise, I think, you know, it breaks in our favor pretty nicely. I'm taking this this season as, and you know, in the NFL, they kind of break it down into segments, and this is kind of how I've done it. Um, the first three games, this is a segment. The Oklahoma game basically to me is an added bonus. It's not going to dictate our season one way or another. It's just kind of an exhibition game, little season against a, an old rival. Um, so th- three games, Oklahoma game, a one-off, then the four games, and then the back four games, the uh, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, the November games that are really going to define this season because we could start off, you know, win you know, six, seven games right away. And then we could go 0 for in November. And then it's like, well, how are we really feeling about the season if we go 0 for in November? Obviously, we've got a huge losing streak against Iowa, um, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. We've lost with the last three times, too. And Michigan, we haven't beat in a couple years also. So those November games are going to be definitely important. But, you know, these first three, obviously, are top of mind. So what's what's your kind of general thoughts on the, the schedule this year, especially compared to last year? Um, yeah, I mean, I like the schedule. Um, I like that, you know, Northwestern, even though, it, I mean, it's in it's in Dublin, so it's actually a local 5.30 start. Um, I like I, I don't like 11 a.m. kickoffs. I, I don't think we come out very well on those. And you saw last year with, like, Northwestern and Michigan, you know, those two back-to-back night games, how well we played. I think I think we just like play better as the day goes on, and so like North Dakota, you look at it, it's a two thirty uh, kickoff. Georgia Southern, probably our easiest game on the schedule. Oh, um, it's North a toss up between them and North Dakota, would yep. be. But Georgia Southern, we get at home night game. It's just it's it's like an opportunity to flex all over it. Yeah, it's got a, it's an opportunity to just flex on a team and go into Oklahoma with a lot of momentum. But then you got Oklahoma, which is an eleven a.m. kickoff, which I hate. Yep. Um, and then we have a Friday night game with Rutgers, and that that gets overlooked a little bit too. But um, I just I like the later kickoffs because I think that we play better, um, you know, with without those time sets. But yeah, I mean. It's it's very favorable. You only have three teams with numbers next to them on our schedule as it stands right now. 
we need Oklahoma to kind of just squeak by and, and win their first two games so we get them at home. Yeah, undefeated. no one really knows what Oklahoma's going to be this year. I mean, no, it wouldn't I mean, surprise a, me to see Oklahoma fall out of the top 25, finish out yeah, the top 25 this year. They're an unknown like us. You know, they have a lot of turnover this year, um, and hopefully they can do that against us too. But then Michigan, you got to think they're not going to be in the top 10 by the time we see them. They're going to take a step back this year. Yeah, they're they not they, they caught lightning in a bottle year. Last, last year and – and Wisconsin, you know, they're going to kind of just hum hum through the season. I will probably be ranked when we play them and when when we beat them, so that'll help too. But um, yeah, I don't know. It it lines up well, but you know, we've said this before, and and you, you just got to go out and win the goddamn game. Like, right. it, and you know, obviously, every season one of the talking points is uh, trap games. You mentioned that Rutgers Friday night game at Rutgers. Is that is that what you're looking at as potential trap game? You know, a short short week and traveling as far away as you possibly can right now, all the way to good old Piscataway, New Jersey, to play Rutgers on a Friday night. Um, is that what you're looking at potentially be a trap game or maybe a team like Indiana or Minnesota? What are, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Potentially, yeah, I think potentially Rutgers because then you go to Purdue and then post-Purdue is that ultimatum for Frost <laughs> because the bye week comes after that. And yeah. so, like, you know, you're you're kind of going through the bulk of your schedule. I think we have another bye. No, we don't. We only get one bye week? Okay. Um, yeah, we get the bye week after Purdue. So, it's like, if we're not where we need to be after Purdue, there's going to be some shit hitting the fan at that point. So, you know, right. there's going to be a lot of pressure on that, on those, those two uh, away games going into the bye week. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'd say either of those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even really want to want to say this. I mean, you know, just good vibes only. But you know, there, what what kind of percentage chance would you say? And seven days from now, Scott Frost not being our head coach. Um, I I, I think he's <laughs> going to be our head coach. I, I'm just thinking about it as in real time right now. Just I'd like say 100 percent because you're talking be about coach. that bye week, <laughs> yeah, that bye week, and I'm like, we go out and lay an egg in fucking Northwestern, fucking or in Ireland. As I said last episode, this is, you know, he needs to take this as a one-week contract, you know, like this. We go out there and don't do what we're supposed to do and fuck around and get beat. I'm I'm telling you, I'm all – I'm – he should be fired. Like, I'm telling you, we come <laughs> seven days from today. We fucking are sitting here 0-1. Frost can't be the coach going forward. He swims home. Yeah, yeah honestly. He just, you know, take your fucking $12 million and, you know, Top of the morning to you, fucking, you know, get you a Guinness and a Jameson and, uh, you know, take a little extended vacation. But I, I, a paddle am, boat and a I am as dead serious as possible. We go out there and look fucking disoriented and fuck around and get beat. He's got to he's got to be done. Week week zero, you know, that's got to be it. So um, I'm, I'm laying a uh, well, the FPI uh, ESPN says uh, there's a 29% chance Northwestern beats us. So I, I would say there's a 29% chance fucking frosting our coach a week from today. So, um, but sorry to throw that in there. You know, the, the, it's supposed to be on good vibes only, but I'm just, <laughs> just talking here in real time. But um, uh, speaking of Northwestern, so obviously this was the game that me and you attended last year together. It was that Friday night fucking thunderstruck fourth quarter ass stomping 56 to seven or coming out party at that point in the season we're what three and three and one. Um, and, you know, we're thinking that, you know, we're potentially going to have a decent season, you know, like we finally kind of cut our groove and, uh, and unfortunately that was the last fucking game we won. Um, so Northwestern really doesn't, um, 
adding much this season to, you know, think you, make you think that uh, it's, you know, potentially not possible that maybe we run it up on him again. I mean, we go into this game basically as 13-point favorites, which is pretty high, minus 500 money line. I mean, that's a hefty number for all you gamblers out there. You know what minus 500 means. I mean, that is – that is bet $500 to win $100 for all you non-gambling <laughs> people. So uh, Vegas is saying either one, <clears throat> they think Nebraska people are idiots, or two, they they think Nebraska is one, you know, has a hell of a chance to win this game. So um, what do you think about this coming matchup? You think that it could be something similar to what we saw last year? Um, I mean, there's no real new additions to Northwestern. They're, they've got a good left tackle. A decent mm-hmm. running back. Um, they're going to be looking to slow the game down, run the ball. Um, so what are your thoughts on what we're going to see Saturday? I don't think we're going to see quite what we saw last year. I mean, that was just like peak performance from a Scott Frost team right there. I mean, yeah. and I, I, with all of the new additions and, you know, changes that, that have been made, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of chaos um on our on our sideline you know for the first quarter or so but i i still you know i said it last episode i think you know talent wins in this game and i think we have a lot more of it than they do um and i alluded to it earlier um you know i think that our coaching staff is very professional all of a sudden so i think i think that'll help too um you know fitzgerald's been around the block a million times in the big 10 he knows what he's doing He's a fine coach. He's perfect for Northwestern. I don't like him personally, but um, uh, I, I, I still think that, you know, we're, we're the better team. And as long as we don't come out and do what we did against Illinois last year, where we were also the better team in that game and just give it to him, I think we'll be fine. I think we – I don't know that we cover. Um, I'd be happy if we covered, but I think maybe a 10-point win um, okay. is, is probably – yeah, thirteen uh, seems a little. Yeah, thirteen seems a little high for the, uh, yeah. the spread, but um, you know, you never know. Like you said, it's this is one of those random years where we really don't know what to expect out of the Huskers. I mean, you know, the last four years we've had Adrian at quarterback, so we kind of knew what to expect out of him. And Casey Thompson, and I mean, most of our starting players that are going to be the ones contributing the most, you know, Casey Thompson, your Anthony Grants, your. Um, your wide receivers, um, your two top, two top, maybe even three wide receivers are going to be transfers. Your two top running backs are going to be transfers along with a transfer quarterback. I mean, it's really hard to tell what we're going to see out there. So it's kind of, kind of hard to peg exactly what, what we're going to see out of Nebraska. So this week, week zero, game one is going to tell us a lot about what to expect for the rest of the season. I mean, is this pass rush going to be really what we think it's going to be? I mean, I believe it is. I think O'Shawn Mathis is going to be a guy, um, and Garrett Nelson is going to take that next step. Um, so I'm excited to see it, man. I'm glad it's finally here. You know what? What kind of what are you looking for for um, kind of the outcome of this game, like score wise? Or you thinking you said ten point game? Yeah, I mean, I say ten, but I mean twenty eight to seventeen kind of makes sense. So I guess I'll go to eleven. Yeah. Um, just it's a more logical score than twenty eight to eighteen. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I don't think it's going to be like a scoring explosion like it was last year. You know, we were kind of hitting our, our midseason stride, um, you know, as a team last year. And then unfortunately that declined. Um, but, um, you know, I think there's going to be we're going to take our bumps and bruises. We're going to make our mistakes early. But I think that, you know, like I said, talent prevails and we go 28-17. And I, I'm going to take 
Huskers thirty-one seventeen. Um, mm. I think I think it starts off kind of slow. I could I could see us in a zero-zero ball game at the end of the first quarter. Yep. You know, the time change and the travel and new position players everywhere. Northwestern not being very good themselves. I could see us at a zero-zero ball game uh, at the end of the first quarter. Um, but then we start to kind of get in that flow. Um, so I like the Huskers thirty-one seventeen. Um, just kind of season outlook. What uh, what are you looking at for the Huskers? Well, you know, Vegas has us at seven and a half wins, which um, you know Nebraska's under Scott Frost has never won three games in a row. So seven wins is uh, or basically eight wins is you know a uh, I think most people would be an outstanding season. What are you looking at? What are you are you on the overs, the unders of that, or what do you think? Um, you know. By this time every year, I usually am drinking the Kool-Aid and feeling really good about things and, right. and just like, you know, looking googly eyed at the roster and everything and just thinking we're going to be God's gift of football. But <laughs> I, I couldn't do it this year. And I still think, I mean, I'm going to give a six and six. And I'm going to go with uh, I mean, Athlon Sports um, magazine here. It has a six and six and going and playing a bowl against Kansas State, which would be very oh, my interesting. Lord. Sign me up. For um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that Kansas State's going to be quite that bad this year. I think they're going to yep. be a better bowl than us. But I, I, I put us at six and six. I, I think we're going to still take our take our, um, you know, unnecessary L's and then mm-hmm. and then maybe win some games we should and, and one or two that we shouldn't. But. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I I think I'm on the seven and five um, train. Um, I think that I think we're having top twenty five defense. Um, I think the offense is going to sputter a little bit. Um, I think that offensive line just. I mean, if you told me, Taylor, we have a middle of the road offensive line, I would say eight and four, maybe even mm-hmm. three. Just you know, mediocre. If you told me we have a mediocre offensive line and a mediocre special teams. I would say we're in the eight and four ninety three range. Unfortunately, they're puking ten to 10, fifteen of them uh, at practice. Apparently, yeah. it's like um, what? <laughs> yeah, the puke gate, gate everybody's talking about. You know, oh, making them puke. Whatever. Uh, I have to tell my wife the the weird things that happen daily with Nebraska football. Like, yeah. okay, well, here here's update yeah. for Tuesday. Yeah. So uh, apparently, they're puking twenty times a fucking practice. And Frost says, no, it's not because they're out of shape. It's because we're working them hard. No, that mm. means they're out of shape. Oh, I, th- I mean, I, I thought the last plain and simple. working them hard, Frost, right? Wasn't that it? Wasn't that his thing? The it's, fucking last? It's plain and simple. If you puke after a workout, you are not in shape. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> not a normal workout. And not to mention, you shouldn't be doing extraneous workouts right now. You know, you're like in 10 days out from game week. So. You should just be kind of, you know, getting in game mode and, you know, going through the plays and, you know, running dummy drills and shit, not fucking two-a-days, middle of the dead summer, you know. Um, not to mention it's cooled off last week, you know. It wasn't like it was 95 like the previous week. So, uh, yeah, it, it's always it's always fucking something every day. You're right. I mean, it's every day. It's like, oh, today some Dublin guy wrote an article about us talking, you know, fucking talking all this shit. Today everybody's puking. Fucking, it's just <laughs> – it's, it's always it's every fucking day, every day. I like it on Twitter. They they do the zero days since the last Nebraska <laughs> dumb thing. <laughs> Correct, exactly. It's always something. So, um, but no, I'm excited to get the trip out there. Like I said, I leave Wednesday afternoon. Um, but um, I had a couple over unders for you, like kind of uh, some 
benchmarks that Nebraska hasn't really hit very often. Um, so I had for this over under, I had a 1000 yard running back an 800 yard receiver and a 10 sack guy. The over under is at 0.5. What do you, what do you like on that? So is one person going to hit any of those numbers on the team? Uh, I think one person will hit over 800 receiving yards. Okay. I don't think, I don't think, I think there's too much, um, too much curiosity, I guess, around who's going to take the blunt or the, 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 um, the majority of the carries as a running back. And we will probably go by committee again, which I hate. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I think if anything, we, we have a 800 yard receiver and it's probably uh, what's his name from LSU. Okay. Yep. Um, I don't think we're going to get to Trey 10 Palmer. sacks. Yeah, Trey Palmer. Yep. I don't think we're going to get to 10 sacks. Like you said, you know, we haven't had a pass rush in some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for one person to to get there, I, I, I think that's unreasonable. But yep. so you yeah, never know. I And I am – of those three, I'm in the overs too, and I think it's the 10-sack guy. I think yeah. um, I think we could see Derek, or uh, Garrett Nelson come out of these first three games with maybe sitting at six sacks, you know. Or, you know, have like against North Dakota, you know, if I can get three sacks against North Dakota, two against uh, Georgia Southern, you know, I'm like come out of this first three game stretch with six to seven sacks. So I think we're going to hit the 10 sack guy and we might might be sitting at the two 10 sack guys. I'm I'm just really high on wow. both of our edge rushers um, mm-hmm. getting after the passer. So you hear the, all the reports of practice, they're just like, they're unblockable. Like we have to tell fucking you know Nelson, like, hey, all right, you know, go dummy D right now. We need to fucking get, get our shit in here. So um, he's a maniac. The yeah. dude's a maniac. Yeah, that one picture they treat saw of him, uh, you know, with all their heads shaved. I was like, fucking looks like Jason Peters in there. Yeah, you know, I think that's what he's going for. What that guy is. <laughs> I mean, so um, yeah, I'm like obviously you can tell I'm pretty high on the defense. I'm super high on the defense and. If we can get this offensive line to just be average, I mean, God damn, that's it's a terrible thing. Average, just be average. Um, but I don't know if they're going to be. So, what whatever happened with the big big boy from uh, Oklahoma State that transferred here, who was like just the lineman? Yeah, Hunter or what? What's his name? Hold on, I, I don't know. know. They haven't mentioned him much in camp. It sounds like Hickson yeah, can be. He's this, not even on the two deep on on this magazine. Like, not good. No, good. So good. basically, they're all riding on fucking Prohaska being being back to you know his his six quarters he shined last year, and uh, Turner Cochran to you know mm-hmm. finally be the guy that we thought he was. I mean, the guy was a top forty recruit in the country, and it's it's like oh fuck, you know he's not because Ben Hart's never going to be that guy. No. You know, and the thing about it is, like, Turner Cochran was one of the highest-rated players to ever come to Nebraska last since the rankings began. And it's like, how do we – how when we get a top 50 dude, it never fucking pans out? You know, they're never a top 50 dude. Like, how – why is that – why does that happen? I don't know. It's like yeah. – I don't you, – you know, it's like the Jets drafting quarterbacks. Right. And, okay, so I asked this question last year, but uh, – off. Just me and you talking, but um, if the season goes on, if would Nebraska be more successful if we took any five players we wanted from Alabama and put them on the Huskers with this coaching staff and add them to this team, or if we just switch coaching staffs 
So Saban and those guys came over and coached our current players. Which team would be more successful? Coaching staff. I, I I didn't even need to I didn't yeah. even need to think about it. And I mean, just think it's, about it's the players. Staff. Think about the players that you could take from Alabama. I mean, you have the highs and I mean, a good coaching staff adapts their play calling and their yeah. plan to the players they have. Correct. So I mean, Will Smith. I mean, this guy that this DN from Alabama that I mean, people are just like this guy is the best defensive player ever and what whatnot. I mean, so it just kind of I don't know. Kind of just shows maybe what our coaching staff is or ain't. I mean, you know, well, you can I mean, the five best players year, from a, Yeah, what? Okay, where, where are you at national wise for the season? Um, obviously, it's the usual suspects at the top: Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, and uh, and Georgia. Um, what are you What are you looking at for the landscape national wise? Um, as far as like. Well, how do you think the season gonna play out? I mean, is it just it, it seems it seems to me that Bama and Ohio State are gonna be shoulders gonna be pretty chalk. Yeah, I think gonna be pretty chalk. I think yeah, I think Notre Dame's overrated. Correct. Uh, they, well, they play Ohio State week one, so we're gonna we're yeah. gonna find out what they're about right away. And and one of them is gonna get like a marquee win early, and then right. they're just gonna cruise. Yep. Um, I think and Notre Dame's got like one of the tougher schedules they've ever had. They play Ohio, at Ohio State. I mean, at North Carolina, you know, they, they, you know, took a step back last, last year, but uh, BYU could be really good this year. Utah. They play Clemson. They play USC. Like Notre Dame's kind of got a, a, a tough, tough path to yeah. where they, where they normally just cruise through like Stanford and Cal, you right. know, they, they still play them, but um Oklahoma's not going to be good. Michigan, nope. I think, is going to take a step back. Utah might be good. Yep. They play Florida week one. That'll be – I mean, there's – I'm a big non-conference guy game. I mean, like, those those ones just really, you know, get the juices flowing for me. So, you got Florida, Utah, Ohio State, um, Notre Dame, Texas, Alabama. Um, and there's one that I'm missing. Um But, um, yeah, so that's, that Utah-Florida game is kind of going under the radar, but – you know, that pick six previews, the Brett Sianza guy, he's picking uh, Utah and his uh, PFP in the in the final four, the college football or CFP PFP. That's yeah. I mean, they better they better get on it quick because the Pac-12 is dissolving. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of anxious also to see what USC looks like this year. You know, I, I mean, think they're going to be good. I do, too. I think. Uh, well, and especially, you know, uh, Lincoln Riley's offense in the Pac-12. I mean, that just that's a match made in heaven. I mean. He can, Still he can seem real. He can scheme his way to, you know, 11 wins, you know, 10 wins at least. So, and he got his quarterback yeah. with him. So, there's a lot of teams that are ranked high that are based obviously on last year because that's what they do. But, like, well, then you got a team like uh, Texas AM who's number six. And it's like, you guys yeah. didn't even finish in the top 25 last year and didn't add any major transfers. Like, you signed I, the number one, maybe recruiting class. But the fuck would you be in the top 10 for at, at number six, nonetheless? So mm-hmm. I think Notre, you know, they they said every year, one team in the top ten preseason finishes outside of the top twenty five. It's like, and the, and the only team to do it in the last twenty years is Texas A and M last year, and they're about to fucking double dip. Um, I I don't believe in them um, at all. Um, who else is in that top ten? Uh, so we got Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, A and M, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, Baylor. Dude, that Big Twelve is going to be an open, open fucking race. Like, uh, that's that's. I mean, 
we already talked about Kansas State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas. It's, I mean, a bunch of good, but not no great teams, you know. So it's going to be an interesting race to see how that all shakes out. It's really funny, too, because the coaches poll, um, Bama, number one, 54 votes. Number two, Ohio State, five votes. Number three, Georgia, six votes. Number 18, Texas, one vote. Mm. Yeah. Hey, uh, anybody else receiving any uh, AP votes on, on there you're seeing? Nebraska is. <laughs> yeah. Nebraska's got one vote. Brett McMurphy, <laughs> that fucking jackass. I usually hate the guy, but he picked Nebraska number 25. He, he put us on the print. The yeah, so. I appreciate it. <laughs> so We're like I, 45th or something. Right. Top 50. Moving I'll take up. it. Yep. So I'm, I'm excited for the season. I'm excited for the football season. Um. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about your boys coming up in the NFL season here, or Cowboys? Know? Yeah, you know, sh- uh, just shoot the shit at this point. I mean, you know, what are you seeing from the boys this season? I mean, we looked good last night. Uh, we beat up on the Chargers real good, but um, yeah. no, I don't know. I I think Dak Prescott is going to be poised for a pretty good year. I think he's going to be able to sling it around. He doesn't. Uh, receiver is looking a little uh, little light this year, ain't it? It is. I mean, but you know what? That's fine. Um, I think that you know we'll put a good, good game plan together. We actually have good coaches in in the box there, unlike Nebraska, where we can figure out how to like make. Some... Do you have good coaches? I, I we do. I, I, it's, I, I, it's I just not our head coach is not. Or good. your I don't know your overrated offensive coordinator. Yeah, well, he's still overrated, but he's still an offense coordinator. Yeah. He'd be overrated if he was a head coach at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Well, uh, you know, they, he was he was getting all the talk last year early about. You know, yeah, one of those guys was supposed to be going to get a job. Him or Dan Quinn weren't they supposed to be going to get a head coach? Dan, job? I mean, the fact that we kept him was great because our the, uh, much like Nebraska, our defense was our strong point last year. And yeah, it's much like Nebraska where you got multiple guys sitting there ready to take your fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yep. you know, yep. I think the so, I think the Eagles are going to be really good this year. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't, don't think the Cowboys are going to win the division again. So, yeah. I mean, it was fun while it lasted. And, and then, you know, your Niners destroyed my season last Correct. year. But yeah, it is what it is. No, um, 49ers wise, it's, uh, you know, obviously you've given the keys over to Trey Lance um, as me being a big uh, Jimmy G guy. Not really. Not really excited about it, but um, you know, you know, if, out in Kyle Shanahan, we trust. I mean, the guy. You got Debo back. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. 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 That all that drama. So, and there's still the drama going on. I mean, they just leaving my boy Jimmy G out there in the rain. Um, I was kind of hoping the Browns would trade for him, you know, since Mister Fucking Touchy Touchy, uh, you know, got his little suspension. Um, I was thinking the Browns could, you know, that's the kind of team Jimmy would succeed with. They've got a lot of talent around them, good defense, good run game. It's like Jimmy can come in there and fucking take you to the playoffs and on a little playoff run too. I mean, that's who's going to start for them now. Um, Brissett. Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. Yep. So it's like, dude, just fucking trade for Jimmy or if, I mean, in an ideal world, I want the 49ers to keep Jimmy. I mean, Trey Lance played two games last year and got hurt. So it's like, there's no point in having, you know, you're not going to get anything back for him. So it's too late in the season. So you're not going to get anything back that contribute this year. Just keep the guy as just in case. I mean, you have a Super Bowl caliber caliber roster. Um, I mean, we went three and four 
three three wins and one loss against the two Super Bowl teams last year. I mean, <laughs> you know, so it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and you know, one wide open dropped iron interception away from making the Super Bowl. You know, in the NFC Championship. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited as could be. Obviously, you know, every year I feel like there's more excitement for me going into the season. But you know, it's. Nebraska with uh, so many question marks and the unknown, and then my 49ers and I believe in them having a you know a chance to make a run. It just uh, I don't know, just you know, really helps things out when you have a a, root, a good rooting team. I mean, kind of what you were feeling like two months ago for the Yankees, you know. <laughs> that was that was an unnecessary jab, much like the Irish <laughs> Times. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that's what I was feeling, and I mean they're up two one now, but my goodness, what a what a fall on your face. Um, going back to the Texas thing, they have one first place vote in the coaches poll and they have, they're not even in the top 25 on the AP. Yeah. <laughs> what a disparity that is. Right. See how, see how I transitioned that from the Yankees to Texas. Hey, I hear you. I wouldn't want good. to talk about them either. So <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> so, well, all right. I mean, that's, that's it. We kind of just kind of shooting the shit here at the end, but here we go. Saturday, you wake up, fucking college game day will be on. I will be fighting off a fucking hangover from Dublin going, you know, I am just going to be drinking Jameson and uh, and Guinness all, not week, I'm only there three days, but uh, I don't know if they call them Irish car bombs there, but I sure do love them. So um, could go there and have a hell of a time. So maybe we'll touch base while I'm out there, do a little, you know, check in, see how things are going. And um you know, by the old, you know my old saying, by hook or by crook, man, we got to come out of there with a W. That's so, that's your new fantasy football team name. That too. is, yeah, yeah. There's cool. I like it. So, um, so thirty-one seventeen for me, and seven and five for the season. So Zach had us at six and six. Twenty-eight seventeen. Twenty-eight seventeen. So yep, that's it, Zach. Any final words uh, before we go ahead and sign off here? Excited about the season. Excited to get things going. Go Big Red, baby. Always. Go Big Red. This is the Big Red Revival.